0: Hey guys. So usually it's me who's asking the questions, but today we're going to try something new. When I posted on Instagram that I was freezing my eggs, um, I felt pretty open about it because I feel like this is something we should openly talk about. Um, It's just our women's choices that we're making. Um, And we could actually help each other out by being able to talk about it more publicly with more of us. And so I did get a lot of questions about, hey, like, what was that like? Um, Could you talk about it on your podcast? So I don't mean to be that girl who's like, a lot of you have been asking about my hair care routine. But because I think that we could benefit from just talking about this more, I'm here to talk a little bit about my experience, which is only one. And I have with me one of my best friends ever Priya McPherson who's actually going to be taking the role of host today and asking me the questions so Priya thank you so much for joining me and welcome thank
1: you I'm so excited uh, to be on the podcast today
0: me too I talk to you every day so this is just like recording (laughs) one of our conversations
1: (laughs) Um, yeah I'm so excited to get to ask you the questions Um, so I don't know about you, but the first time I ever heard about egg freezing was on the Mindy Project when she starts a company to help younger women. I think she like targets or like works with uh, girls who are in college on egg freezing. What was the first time or when was the first time you ever heard about egg freezing?
0: That's a really good question. Um, I agree. I think Mindy's uh, show actually highlighted like there is this whole world of education you could experience about fertility, which I had no idea about. So I think for me, it was a mix of Mindy and then also just hearing living in the Bay Area, you just hear about Mm -hmm. these tech companies who offer that. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I remember being like, whoa, that's like such a mystical world. Like they actually help you plan for your fertility. And um, that's kind of when I first knew, but I had no idea what it entailed.
1: Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I had not a lot of idea about what it entailed until I saw you go through it. Uh, Totally.
0: Were you ever skeptical of it? What do you mean skeptical? Like of the whole process? Yeah. Like the concept of like, how do you just like freeze your eggs and like keep them away? No,
1: because I think I know people who have gone through IVF and so... I think like you and I were talking one day and I was like, oh, wait, this is just the beginning process of IVF. Oh, okay. And then you're just, you're just not doing IVF right now. You're like waiting to make a baby later. Um, I I don't think I equated that egg freezing or like, I think you use the phrase harvesting eggs is like a (laughs) process of IVF. And so I think seeing you go through the experience helped me make that connection that Like women who go through IVF um, also go through like part of the process that you did as well.
0: Yeah. It's like just like the first half of Mm -hmm. it, Mm -hmm. which also gave me perspective talking to a friend who did both um, simultaneously or sorry, back to back. Back. She Mm -hmm. went through the process two months, like as two months of one month of doing the freezing and then one month of IVF. And I have so much admiration for her because once I went through this process, even just for three weeks, I realized two months is a lot to put your body through all of this. But she has a beautiful baby now and I'm actually meeting them soon. So oh, I cannot wait. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, So I know like a, a lot of people uh, approach like their life plan differently. Um, and that's like the awesome thing about how feminism has, uh, I think, been in the modern age is this idea that like it's not that you uh have to freeze your eggs but the yeah. idea that you now have this choice like if you want totally. to this choice now exists for you and if you want to choose to have a baby right now go for it like you have these choices and i think that's what is so um i think like is so great cuz i see it playing out in our relationship like you were like i'm not ready. I'm gonna wait. Mm-hmm. And we talked and I was like, oh, like I don't wanna freeze my eggs. I wanna have a baby in the next couple of years. And so I think that was really cool to me to see how these choices are showing up even in like our lives. And so I'm yeah. curious like what what did freezing your eggs mean to you or like what was your why behind why you wanted to do it?
0: Yeah, and that's a really good point because I think you called out something that is really important is that I don't even by me sharing this, it isn't to say that this is the way to do it. Um, I wouldn't say this is like the modern feminist way. Um, It's a great option that we have. Mm -hmm. So I think for me, the why, I have to be very upfront. Like that why was really influenced by the fact that I did start working for one of those tech companies that did sponsor it. And I would have loved to have done this in general, but it might have taken me a lot longer or it would, I might not have been able to do it, to be honest, Mm -hmm, because when mm -hmm. we're saving for so many things in our lives, I don't know if I would have felt that urgency at the age I am now 30 to make sure I had the funds to do this. So Mm -hmm, this mm -hmm. costs about 10 to 12,000. Um, it can range actually like they say like ranges from nine to like 16,000, depending on the medicines too, not just the process and mm-hmm. procedure. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to count the freezing cost who every year they, they charge about like 600 to 1000 to freeze and to store okay. your eggs. So, um, I well, just want to say that up front.
1: <laughs> and then you would also then have to pay for like when you are then ready to have children, totally to eggs. So like it is like a multi-step and multi-cost. Persi- yeah, like absolutely. Experience. So it
0: is something that you have to kind of sign up for the long haul. And I know, you know, with adult financial planning, um, it might not always line up. So it's certainly something that I consider was a privilege that I was able to recognize. And Um, apart from that, though, that wasn't the only reason, like, I wouldn't have gone through all of this just because it was paid for, um, with our company. But honestly, like for me, I just had like a bit of an existential struggle anyway, as I was hitting 30 and feeling like the almost ratio of like the progress we've made as women, the education we've been able to gain, the freedom, the ability to work and make our own choices, in this day and age, hasn't really kept up with our biological clock. So I found it like just really almost like unfair, like a kid throwing a tantrum, like, like, I don't want to like, you know, think about that yet. Like, I feel like I had just gotten into my groove when I hit 30. And like this, like level of confidence that I was searching for in my 20s. So To me, it's not because kids mean like you don't have that, but I think I wanted more time by myself to be able to just kind of focus on myself because I know once a kid's in the picture, I'm going to dedicate all my like heart and brain to them. So I think I wanted a little bit more time to be selfish, I guess. (laughs) Um,
1: While you were saying that, it was making me think of this article that you and I had talked about. Um, from Wired, and they mentioned in the article about egg freezing, how like you said, like this time in our lives is often when we tend to have more promotions, and we tend to kind of push ourselves into uh, further along in our careers. Um, And so potentially, if you have to um, like remove yourself from that situation, as you are caring for a child, Um, It could disadvantage you because you're not able to have that like career boost that often men get because they're not at home caring for children. Yeah. Um, So yeah, it's a really good point that you bring up.
0: And like radically speaking, like I'm like kind of like, oh, like it sucks that men have don't have to deal with this. Um, And like even in that article, I think it mentions like the concept of because of this, Kind of tech companies introducing this like social freezing, mm-hmm. which is like almost like we're also delaying the societal kind of participatory behavior because this option exists too. So mm-hmm. I think there are two sides to it. I'm sure like even I haven't really spent too much time thinking morally too about like, for example, I did the egg freezing and then one of the choices they give you is do you want to freeze eggs? Um like unfertilized or fertilized. And if you fertilize them, it's usually because you might know your partner and you are basically saying like I'll fertilize them, keep the embryos frozen and I'll just thaw them. Um one misconception I had was that like oh, am I creating like baby Susie now and just like storing her and like bringing her to life later and they're like no, that's not the case. You still have to The chances all happen when you actually do the IVF of like who that individual will be. But, um, you know, I realized like I did feel kind of uncomfortable freezing an embryo versus the unfertilized egg. So I think there are a Mm -hmm. lot of questions that come up. It's not as simple as just like getting it done. Um, I underestimated how much like you challenge your own like mental, emotional questions that you might have about this.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, did you know anyone who had done this when you decided to Actually, freeze your eggs? no,
0: not in the sense like someone who had just frozen their eggs and kept it for like a maybe. Like I did talk, like, talk to my friend that I referred earlier who wanted to do it because she wanted to get pregnant. Um, and so she and her partner really thought it was important to do it and then like right subsequently after going to IVF. So I had never met anyone who had just done this as like a back... Backup plan. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Um, how did I'm curious. Like I know you and I like talked a lot about it when you were considering it. Um, did you like tell your family that you were doing this? Uh, like, yeah, I'm just yeah, curious. Like, did you, you, you know tell? Yeah, <laughs> you know my parents.
0: Like, my mom is always like kind of now like the feminist comes out in her where she's always like you do it bitch like you get that freedom and so she was very much like go do it if it's like something that you don't even have to think about like financially why are you wasting your time so with her it almost felt like you should have done this yesterday With my dad, he actually, to be honest, just had no fucking clue what this whole thing was. So he listened, he learned as I was talking about it. I think he was really surprised as I was like updating him about how challenging it was. Mm -hmm. But I think he was sort of like, I don't know. This is, I guess, a young thing people do now. Yeah, um, and kind of was like very MIA about it. But honestly, I preferred that to them having an opinion. I did appreciate that they respected my choice to do something for myself.
1: Yeah, and then I have a question. So, like, I know that in many ways, choosing to freeze your eggs is like a w- the woman's choice. Um, but like, you are engaged, and like you like family planning is a partnership choice mm-hmm. often, like if you have a partner, um, like it's very much like a partnership discussion. So how did you and Anton approach like the discussions around this? How much of it felt like this is my decision versus like our decision? I'm curious, um, cause I'm yeah, I'm wondering, some people choose to have their eggs frozen while they're single. And I think you are in this position that's a little different where like, you do have your forever person involved so I'm curious how much Anton was involved in this process and the and the choice around it
0: no that's like a really great question and that's also like something that came up when people are like why don't you just freeze the embryos because you know your partner yeah and it's not because I don't have faith in like Anton and I but I think I just wanted to make this this felt like purely my choice Mm -hmm. um He Anton was incredibly supportive. Like I truly felt like as much as he could as a man who cannot understand this, he Mm -hmm. was there for me at the same time. I feel like this is something that the woman has to go through, like no matter how much sympathy people can experience. Ban- uh, you know, extend. This is something that my body has to go through and I want to feel comfortable with. So I, you know, it does sound a little egotistical, especially like in a couple where you're supposed to be like, we loved that movie. We loved that Chinese food, but like, yeah. I felt like I'm doing this. Um, I would like to do, you? F- how do you feel about that? Um, and it was, where he said, like, I totally support what you want. I think this makes sense with our family planning. Um, but, and every time I would complain or anything, he would be (laughs) like, Hey, like, thank you for doing this for us. So it was very much like we were cognizant of almost like the power dynamic too, of like how much the woman has to put herself through in order to benefit both of us. Because ideally when we do have children, that is something that we can benefit from is me being able to do this um, you know, for perhaps like our second child, um, mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. it might be harder for me to conceive at like a later age. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. So speaking of the process, I'm, I'm, I'm laughing only because I got all the text from you being like, <laughs> if you hear me screaming... Don't worry. And for those of you who don't know, Lahari and I are—we live pretty close to each other. Um, so she was texting, being like, "If you hear me screaming, it's just Anton giving me my shots." I—I um, I got all the texts of her being like, "What the fuck am I doing?" Yeah. So I'm curious because, you know, I—I I saw one aspect of your process. Yeah. Um, what was the process like? For someone who's curious, like, I don't want to scare people off. Um, But what was the process like? Well, I also have a
0: flair for the dramatic, so it really did help, like, find your girlfriend. Yeah. Find your friend to, like, document Dear Diary, like, second by second. So thank you for being that for me, Priya. (laughs) Um, It was, yeah, I can go into a little bit, like, of the steps. So I would say there's sort of, like, the pre- treatment the treatment itself and then actually the extraction um slash post extraction so wait i have a process- question i
1: have a question yeah so is the word extraction or harvest because i feel like it you is use-
0: definitely extraction <laughs> okay
1: <laughs> just so harvest i don't embarrass is- myself in front of other people it's not harvest okay got it it's it's extraction yeah. Got it's it. definitely
0: not corn, as I, I was corrected multiple times by my doctor. She's like, "Ha, harvest. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, um, not. Um, okay, so, exceptions. Sorry, keep going. No, no need to apologize. Um, so the pre-treatment period is where you go in and basically they do a vaginal ultrasound, so it is not topical, uh, very invasive. And then they basically look at how many follicles you have at the time to get a sense of what they could potentially uh, yield in terms of eggs. Um, and then they also do a lot of blood work to make sure that all your hormones, your know, thyroid, everything looks good. And based on that, they give you a treatment plan and that treatment plan will vary. So like for some people, it takes a few weeks. It's basically the treatment centers around your period cycles. And so your period cycle will tell you when you can actually start taking the injection so that the follicles ripen <laughs> essentially like you're making them really like big and juicy um so it's like super weird to think about it but they like measure constantly um and so for me I lucked out if you're on a birth control pill you might uh be able to do it sooner I'm not going to say that's a guarantee but in my situation they were like we can basically start in a couple of days so I got to start sooner and that starts the treatment which is basically you get this like imagine like fab fit fun but like Minus the fun because you get this like fab fit box of like injections um, and like needles and all of that. Um, And then you basically like learn how to do it. Like we, we had like a video. So this is where I feel like identify the person. Like it's okay to kind of inconvenience someone with your journey because whether it's your partner, a best friend, someone you're comfortable with, like if you want them to give the injections, it's one thing that you don't have to worry about. Like I mentally felt like, I don't know, like this is already so overwhelming. Like it really I panicked when I saw that box. And so I just told Anton to like learn it. And I was like, I do not want to see a video. Like, can you please just like take over here? And he, like, like a, you know, he was an angel and just like basically never let me even see the medicines, like bother myself with the instructions. And he learnt, taught himself and he would administer it. um So then you go every other day as you're taking the injections every night, you're taking two. Um, you go every other day to the uh, clinic to monitor your another vaginal ultrasound and your blood work to make sure your, like, eggs are at a certain size and they're, like, tracking properly. Um, And as you, like, it depends. It takes you start to then introduce a third shot um, in the mornings. That one is really itchy. I don't know why. Um, And then eventually you get to the point where they're like, well, your numbers are right, um, so we can start to trigger you. The thing that I also appreciated is, like, I feel like you have to have a doctor that kind of helps you understand some of the, like, consequences of when you do it. Because, for example, like, she was showing me how, like, in the – I don't know what measure they use, but, like, I think it's maybe, like, some kind of, like, millimeters or some small uh, measurement for each follicle. But she would show that, like, around 17, 18 of whatever those units are, it's, like, a big egg that's ready to release – or follicle that's ready to release an egg – And she showed me that one was like Costco size to while everything else was like still blooming. So she was like, do you feel comfortable? My recommendation is to like, let go of this because it's too big now. Mm -hmm. And if we, if we do that now, we won't get all of these other eggs. So there's sort of a trade-off that you're monitoring too. Um, And so she waited, we like let go of a couple that were already like prematurely big and we focused on like other ones. Um, And Eventually, at, like, two weeks, she said, like, you're ready to be basically triggered to release those. And then you take the trigger shot. So the trigger shot is basically what it sounds like. You take the uh, follicles that you have growing and plumping, and you insert a shot that specifically helps them trigger the eggs. To And like this release? is, like... Like, exactly. To okay. release um, into like the ether of your uterus. Um, and so this part is like a little stressful because they're like at this very exact time you must trigger because that's like, I think it's like 36 hours or 48 hours later, they schedule your extraction Um, not harvest (laughs) and they um, time it so that it's at a a window where they will be able to catch the eggs before they get like too far far. away yeah yeah Yeah. okay so it's a little bit like you have to be prepared for that trigger shot there's a little bit of more of a special administration around that one and once you take the trigger shot it's like you're done with shots which is beautiful (laughs) um you have like a blissful day where you don't but um Throughout this, I will talk about also how, like, bloated you get. Like, you remember, Priya, I showed you pictures where I was like, I'm literally showing as if I am pregnant. Like, it is – you feel like a kangaroo. You've been, like, plumpened. Um, And then on the day of your extraction – They will put you through anesthesia so that they can uh, you have to be really still when they're extracting the eggs. So for that reason, they put you under anesthesia. Mm -hmm. So uh, do not you don't drink or eat 24 hours before. Um, I've learned the hard way like that includes water. Uh, They had to actually delay it by 30 minutes and risk the eggs being lost because I had drank water before. I was like a habit. Um, and they were like, you actually literally can't even drink water. So luckily nothing went wrong, but I did feel like in that moment, like, Oh my God, fuck. I might've like screwed up three weeks of this, you know, work that I've done. Yeah. Um, and so that process can be very like, I mean, the clinics take care of you really fully. You're kind of, it feels like you're going through surgery. Like you get into the whole, like dress you you wait in the room and like they do ivy mm-hmm, stuff mm-hmm. and they take you in they administer you go through the most like blissful high of your life as you're under anesthesia and then you wake up um and it's done
1: <laughs> wow you make it sound so simple <laughs> but i know that it was a lot of hard like it it was a lot
0: yeah, um, I mean, you really do have this like cathartic moment. Like when I woke up, I started to just bawl, and I don't know why. Like there was no thing that actually, you know, like. Oh, girl, that's the like anesthesia. Yeah, I know. <laughs> But I realized, like, the woman next to me was also, before the surgery, there was this woman next to me who was like, oh, yeah, this is my third time. Like, I always cry after. And I thought, like, that's such a strange response. But I totally understood. Because, like, I think your body just wakes up from this, like, kind of mini trauma. And it's like, oh, my God, I did it. And you're kind of, like, the hormones are, like, crashing about. Yeah. So I had, like, I was just, like, crying with Anton, like, can you call my dad? I just wanted to say hello. (laughs) I told my dad to get on a plane and come back. Like, And my dad and Anton apparently were, like, giving looks to each other, like, what happened to this girl? Is she okay? (laughs) Um, And, yeah, so it's not to say that you – I think you're – one thing I've really learned from this process is – Mentally, you can tell yourself whatever you want, but your body will tell you what happened, like, even if you're denying. So I felt like my body was, like, continuously reminding me, you went through a lot just now. Like, can you please acknowledge that and, like, give me that care? Because, like, this isn't just something you knocked off your to-do list and, like, now back to work.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is – I think that's something – that can be easy to forget is as millennial women I think we are very focused on like okay what's next what do I need to check off and it is really important I think when talking about egg freezing to acknowledge the fact that like it's a medical procedure yeah. like it comes with risks it you know and I believe that you will be talking with a doctor in the yes. next episode because like, to be very clear, like we are not doctors. Yeah. This is a medical procedure. So please don't take what we are discussing as like,
0: totally. Oh,
1: well, Hari Priya said that I should do it. Like, please do your research. Talk to an actual doctor about it. Um, and so, yeah, like your body needs time to recover. You were under anesthesia. You can't just like bounce back from that very quickly. Totally.
0: And even the last next few weeks are, um, I'm on my third week since the surgery and it's still like taking a toll on me. So I think one thing I would like to say is if you decide to do it, um, it, it is quite like you have to be patient and kind to yourself, which I typically can be sort of challenged to do where I'm like, let's keep going. But your body is super tired. You have really bad cramps the first week, potentially, depending on the reaction you have, um, you can get headaches, um, and I have just been continuously tired since. So, again, lesson of uh, oh, and then you get like this like period from hell where it's like the shining scene like constantly down there. So, um, it is something to be like mindful of.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so, speaking of recovery, like, would you say that? <laughs> based on like how the experience was from start to finish um, and as you were in the recovery phase, would you do this all over again?
0: Personally, no. Um, I felt like it was a lot to go through. Um, I'm glad I did it. I definitely wanted to do it once, and I was fortunate where I got a reasonable enough egg count um, because you tend to pull the eggs, and then there are only a certain amount that are mature enough for them to freeze, so I had a reasonable account where I was like, okay, I can like save that. And my reasons for this was mostly to give myself the security of like, I I also have like one thing I should have mentioned is because I have polycystic ovarian syndrome, it'll be harder for me to get pregnant down the line. So this was part of the reason I did it was like as a backup to make sure that I had that option in case it was hard. Um, but I don't know if I would do it again. It's a, it's a lot. Um And there's so much to consider it uh, right now with everything going on in the world too. Like, I think it's kind of the best time to do it and also like the worst time because like you have more time to just stay at home, rest, work from home if you can do that with your job. But at the same time, it's like kind of another thing that brings you volatility in your brain because of all the hormones fluctuating. So um, I don't know if like, this is how I want to spend an already strange lockdown. Um, But yeah, I don't know if I, I would recommend it. If this aligns with your plans, I think it's definitely worth it. I think it's so miraculous like that we can do this, um, and buy ourselves more time. Um, but I think like, it really does require a lot of research and like thought. And I will admit like I, when I did it, I was talking to our other best friend who was like reminding me like, Hey, you said you wanted to do this. Um, and I had been procrastinating. So she was like, are you going to consider it? And, um, I realized like you know with the wedding coming up I wanted to time it so that I could like get it done with and then focus on kind of all the like superficial like bride body and everything. So I kind of rushed it. Um I didn't really go into it with a lot of like this is what I'm going to do. I was like I just have to get this done with. And because I did that, I feel like it caught up to me later where I was like this is the gravity of what you're doing. Um and so that's something too that I think like it would really help next time to do it with more like focused present intention of like, this is why I'm doing it. Yeah. And knowing what you're kind of experiencing day to day. If that makes sense. It
1: does. Yeah, it does. It is a very, I think, a uh, weighty decision. And, uh, I hear you on that. It is yeah. one that should be thought of like with a lot of intention. Totally. Um, and A lot of research and, um, I know you do this, you know, that's a great question. I think I, I don't think I would because, um, I want to have kids now. Um, and I, I, I I've told you this before, but my career and job is like not what brings me the most joy. Um, like, I actually think I am like a 1950s woman, but like, I want the choice to be that. Like, I, like my dream is to like raise children and be a really great mom. And I love my job. Like I'm a teacher. Like I love working. But for me, like when I envision my future, I don't necessarily think about like where I am in my career. I think about like my children. Um, and so for me, I, it didn't quite fit with my family plan. Um, but like I said, what I love about this is the choice that like, that's my, that's how I feel about my family plan. That's not how everyone feels about their family plan. And so for a long time, what I wanted was what everyone had to want. And like, mm-hmm. that's the problem is not everyone wants what I want. And so the ability to have that choice is, I think really important, um, However, I think there is this aspect of, like, privilege and some, like, social consequences of egg freezing that, like, have just started to really come up because only certain groups of women have access to egg freezing. Like, Mm -hmm. it's, like you said, it's really expensive. And if your employer isn't paying for it, which, like, a lot of employers don't pay for it. Yeah. Um if you are then unable to freeze your eggs, you continue to work, or sorry, and then you, um, your employer doesn't have great like maternity leave available and you potentially are missing out on, like I, I saw in this article, it said that um, the more, the hold on, let me make sure I, I say this correctly. Okay, here it is. Okay. For professional women, the more hours they work, the fewer children they are likely to have, which that's according to the 2000 census. But the opposite is true for professional men. So the more hours they work, up to like 59 hours a week, the more children they are likely to have. Hmm. So like in my opinion, the only way for that to happen is because then like women are raising the children then. Like that's just my opinion. Like I don't yeah. understand how you can work more hours. And be able to, like, have more children. And we've seen, like, the pandemic has highlighted the fact that, like, when the pandemic happened, the people quitting their jobs or losing their jobs are women. Like, they have to step up as this caretaker role. Yeah,
0: almost exclusively. Yeah. like, even if it's not, like, the wife or partner taking care, um, it it, it could be that they could afford help, right? Yeah, exactly.
1: So I think one aspect that this article from The Wired mentions is – is egg freezing putting a Band-Aid on this bigger problem of like our society and companies do not provide enough support for working mothers? Like, so like they were saying that like a lot of women's advocates have been pushing for a really long time for there to be like family friendly policies in the workplace. And so like, is this, they call it like a hollow victory Um, Is it diverting attention from the more important issues that need to be discussed over the fact that like many companies have really poor maternity leave and paternity leave policies in place? Um, And so is this just a way for corporations (laughs) and companies to kind of avoid the fact that they don't give adequate maternity and paternity leave? Like we'll pay for this so that you can keep working And divert attention from the fact that, oh, when you do finally then have your child, like you'll gloss over the fact that we don't give you a lot of maternity time because we paid for you to be able to delay, which I think brings up like a lot of questions around privilege and like, is this what is this increasing wealth disparity Um, I think there's a lot of social implications of egg freezing.
0: I think you're totally onto something. And I, I, that's a great point because I think that's something that is, we cannot ignore that. And even that concept of like why they called it social freezing, like, I'm really curious like what the long-term implications of these decisions are. Like you really never know until like you see the like longitudinal study later down the line. And it's no coincidence, I think, that again, in my opinion, that like you see two phenomenas coming out. You remember our friend shared in our group chat that like more and more women are freezing their eggs. It's almost like at a high right now during the pandemic. Yeah. Um which makes you know, I could see on one hand that makes sense. On the other, you also see that it's almost exclusively women who suffered from the job, you know, reductions yeah. and et cetera. So um I don't think they're exclusive. I really do feel like that's part of the reason even that I um felt like once I have a child, like I know it is going to be impossible to like for me to focus on anything else. Like I have had such a good model of, like, a mom who chose to be at home. She really did give up a lot to make sure she could be available at home. Um, And I'm so grateful. So, like, even earlier, to echo your point, like, I think there's nothing – what I would hate for this to become is also a conversation about, like, feminism is to do things like this because I think feminism is about – being able to res- like enable and empower women to make the choices right for them, I totally respect and actually admire that. Like you're you're willing to have kids. Like I wish I w- would want kids now, to be honest, and be younger and like see them grow up like longer. I'm I'm sure I'll have I'll feel some type of way later on it, like down the line. But I also believe like I shouldn't have a kid unless I'm a hundred percent prepared. Mm-hmm. So, um, I really admire your decision and I completely respect, like, that's how I really hope that people do recognize that it is your choice and it's what you want. That should be respected. It doesn't mean that this is the right way. Like, to be honest, I really don't know yet what these implications are right now of freezing your eggs.
1: Yeah. And I, yeah. And I appreciate you saying that. Cause I know when you and I talked about doing this, I like said, like my one trigger is when this is presented as like what, modern women do um because i like i said like i think that the choice is like what's so important to be able to decide how you want to have and like i always use the phrase like build your family because like i have a family like My husband is my family. We have pets, like we're a family, even if we don't have children. So I always say, like the phrase, like to continue to build my family, um, not start my family, because I have a family. Um, Yeah. But I, yeah, I think that the choice is like the really key, the really key part. And I am really curious, like after we talked about this, like looking into like what what changes should we be making in like family leave and things like that, because at the end of the day, like. You did have to put your body through, like, you had to put your body through some risk to be able to do this. And, like, should you have to do that in order to be able to, like, get equal pay for the work that you do and that, like, you're not going to be passed up for promotions because you're a working mom? Like, should you have to go through a
0: process like this? Totally. Because it's also like, it's almost like you're putting a physical sacrifice that again, men don't have to do in order to think about their careers. And, you know, I maybe call me like a skeptical Sally, but I also feel like companies don't necessarily do this just out of the goodness of their hearts. Like they certainly probably, I do appreciate the like allyship of extending this to women. But at the same time, like this does, benefit them too, like what you mentioned earlier of like being able to put it off a little longer so that we could perhaps be, you know, um, that's one less thing for us to have in our lives. And so um, that might mean that I spend more time, you know, or I'm able to dedicate time um, to my job. I also know that like Now I can't quit. Like, it's certainly a way to keep me because they're paying for my freezing. um, And they'll also help when I want to inseminate. So that's it's also a really great retention tool. So not to say that, like, companies can't do something that are which is mutually beneficial, but um, it is, you know, also something I want to call out. Um, And to your point about the social changes, one of the things I wanted to address also about, like, the impact this has, like. I really appreciate what you said about like what I see my joy in is like to build a family and grow it because I think a lot of social change also comes from the family unit, right? Like a lot of things we talk about, for example, like when it comes to gender norms and in like Indian um, families, like it's a lot of like what boys and girls internalize is what's modeled to them in the household, So I feel like it's um, while it is like you can affect a lot of change, you know, in your job, with companies and organizations, et cetera. I think people sometimes overlook like the amount of change you can affect even within the household, because that boy or girl you raise one day is going to be someone who carries on certain philosophies and uh, into society and like plays a role. So I feel like one thing I never want to forget and lose sight of is like you don't just change the world by being at your job and not having kids like I think you can change the world also by having children and like raising really good children to become very productive meaningful impact on society one day Um, and so that's something that I also value about people who do prioritize that because if you know it's important you're likely to take it very you know like um, understand that implication
1: yeah yeah I think like the one thing that's really stood out to me just in the last couple years within our own friend group is like I think growing up, I thought that there was like one path, right? You like date someone, you get married, you have kids, you raise the kids, etc. Mm-hmm. And I think it's been so interesting within our own friend group to see like, no, that's not the only way you can like go about doing this yeah. and to see like, you know, we have a friend who is like, I'm, I don't plan on having children. Like that's not part of my, like my future life. And I love that. I think it's great to like know what your plan is. And I know yes. that like, she's going to make a bomb ass aunt. And so yeah. like, I, you know, and I, I have, I follow, um, Rachel Carlisle on Instagram and she runs an Instagram account called, oh, what is it? Supreme rich auntie Supreme, I think, <laughs> where it's for women who have decided like they don't want to have children, but they want to be really like, they want to be the village that helps raise a child. So she's yeah. like, I love children. I just know that like I don't want my own. And so to me, like I find egg freezing this like interesting piece of like, is that part of this like women life planning puzzle? Um, yeah, and I think, that's like, a really
0: good point. I think
1: our from like the re- like these articles that we've been reading about like, is this a good idea or not for like the social implications? I think that like there's no answer to that yet. Um, you know it's interesting like this this geneticist or this doctor in this article she mentions that like they they are not sure if this should be endorsed as like an option like social freezing should not be endorsed as an option um because they're not sure what the implications are was like what this article said and she was like it's You know, like it's different if you like, you know, for example, like you do have this element of like PCOS, you know, that. Um, having a
0: child will be more challenging. I mean, the way I'm relating to this also is like sort of like diet culture in our country. For example, Jamila Jalila talks a lot about the keto diet and how it's not appropriate for everyone. And that's true, right? All diets, um, when they become so advertised, it becomes more of a corporate sales tactic than actually good for you. So it is really important to understand, like, is this the right choice for me? Is this the right choice for my body? Um, And really do your research before you do stuff like this. Because again, to your point, like there is, we don't really know what the implications are. I don't know if I would say like, this is like the rite of passage now moving forward for any professional woman. Exactly. Um, And even your, what you were mentioning, like about kids and like the aunts, like, the way that we've been told about collectivist cultures where it was always a shared responsibility raising a child, right? Yeah, and like that actually you can really benefit from. Mm -hmm. And so in a way, I feel like by introducing that choice, like you allow for some of the natural, what has come historically even from caveman times of like the village helping raise children. It's not just on the two parents or one parent. exactly. Um, And also like to the piece of, I don't know if sometimes people had children because it was just supposed to be that way, right? Oh, I'm like, sure. Yeah. So I wonder how many people would have redone that choice, not because they would have regretted their children, but like basically, like if they had the choice, what they have have done. And I think that's what we're saying is like yeah. the choice is what's important. Yeah.
1: And I think when you mention like we don't like we don't want egg freezing to become like the rite of passage, and that's what in this I, feel, I keep mentioning this article. Highly recommend reading it. Laurie found it. (laughs) But there's a professor at Yale. uh, She researches fertility issues. And she said that, like, one concern is that, like, will egg freezing become the norm? Like, will employers Mm -hmm. expect women to postpone their childbearing by having their eggs frozen? And, like, it is a, like you said, it's, like, kind of a burden when you're going through it. It's costly. Like, is that going to become the expectation
0: yeah it, it, it almost comes across like the anti-Handsmaid's Tale storyline exactly. right like where it could be that like you are being quote manipulated into delaying childhood which also could have its implications so I think if we're talking about like maintaining choice um, I could easily like you could see this becoming something where the in saying that it's choice, you are ripped away choice, if that Exa- makes sense. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, like especially if your employer is paying for it. And then it's kind of this like thing like we hope that they don't start to say like, well, why aren't you freezing it? We're paying for them, like for it. Why are you not doing it? You know, like we hope that that's not what this becomes. It's like some sort of dy- dystopian, <laughs> dystopian shit. It <laughs> is like anti-handmaid's tale. Like, yeah. you will know, this become something where, you know, an employer is like, well, we need you, we offer this, we expect you to do it as part of like working here. Like, I don't think so, but it is like- But who knows? Who knows? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think like even the fact that I saw like, one thing that I like didn't appreciate is like, there's so little understood about this space right now and when I was talking about like the time off after the retrieval I mean my my bosses were very supportive um but like right like the doctor was like oh it's about a day that you need just definitely take the day off of the extraction um but I needed almost like a week I really wish I had a week to just like like come down from it your hormones are like again it's just like sloshing away in your body so like you were feeling all types of symptoms. And so I felt like there was a um, little understanding of like actually how you feel after and the more and more women I talked to that did do it again, benefits of kind of like when I was open about it, a lot of women, like were like, Oh, I've done it too. This is how I went through it. I actually learned more from the women who I talked to about like, Oh, this is what the process will be like after um, versus a doctor who, I don't know if their angle is a little bit more like just like, trying not trying to like scare you too
1: but another thing too is like at some point though like you will have you will have to do maternity leave yeah right so like for some women i could see them being like no my job is not going to allow me to take time off for this for the egg freezing process and to have maternity leave like i'm just gonna have to do maternity leave um and then also to your point too about like learning about the process like i feel like even when i got my iud the doctor was like oh yeah you'll have like you'll experience some, you know, some effects for like a day and then you should be fine. And all of our friends in our friend group were like, hell no. Like, yeah, you will. De- it takes a couple of days. And I just remember being like, I had more grace with myself during the process after because you guys had all been like, no, don't listen to the doctor. Like you will feel the effects for a couple of days.
0: This is what I really detest about, like how women have to kind of silently endure this, like even getting the IUD, I remember when I had to tell my boss at like my previous job, like you have to be kind of like hush hush about it, right? Like, oh, I'm getting a procedure procedure." done. Yeah. (laughs) And then like you take like even the recovery, you have to show up to work the next day. Um, Maybe you might be able to work from home. But why are we expected to just endure these things that's something that really baffles me like we're supposed to tough it out and yet we're making such a sacrifice with our bodies in order to just be allowed choice um and I never realized too like one thing that I really appreciated about this process is like if you're in your 30s and you go through this like there's a lot of interesting like age dynamics I learned like I'm exactly 30 so when I was doing it they kept referring to me as young and apparently like what they told me is like the perfect age to do this is between 28 to 32 Hmm. Um, and so I was like okay great plop in the middle Um, but it did feel like I didn't feel like I was young, you know, and like, certainly like, you know, growing up, my dad was like, when you hit 30, like, you know, you have to really consider because clocks are ticking. So it was so funny to be considered young versus talking to my friends in their late 30s. And now some of them in their 40s who were like, I've gone through this. I'm a bit older than you. And I, I like well I don't that's, know. it's just an interesting yeah. thing
1: no I like was doing some research because I told you like you know we're, we're we want to have kids but not right this second and I just have this feeling of like what if it is going to be challenging for me to get pregnant like I kind of want to know now and I was looking and the like it's really not until like your late 30s where your ability to get pregnant drops and so yes. there's this push that they're like oh you're in your 30s you need to think about it and from what I've seen that's not True, like totally. You still have a lot of, I don't know. There's like this ticking clock, but in reality, I, I don't know. I think that it's just no, like you it said. It's kind social of socialized. Yeah, <laughs> it's not actually that much of a difference between like getting pregnant at thirty and thirty-five. From what I've seen, I'm not a doctor. Again, I'm not a doctor. Totally.
0: All right, Priya, I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to talk to me about this. This is like a blast as always. So um, thank you.
1: I'm glad that everyone got to basically hear what you and I text or chat about every day together. Yes,
0: (laughs) minus the dog videos. Yes.
1: (laughs)